This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Very warm welcome to the Total Saints podcast. We are the weekly Saints podcast, your home for all things Southampton Football Club. This podcast is being live streamed on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch and on YouTube. Going to be checking your comments as we go through the show. So if you're watching live and you've got something to say, do get involved in the conversation. Now, our podcast is entirely supported by our loyal Patreon community because without you, we couldn't make the show each week. And we've got three new patrons who've joined us in the last seven days, which is great news. So can I start by saying a huge thank you and a massive welcome to Richard White, Max Opal and Justin Tracy, who've joined our Bobby Stokes tier. We really do appreciate your support and I'll have more on how you can join us coming up at the end of the show. Now, this week on the podcast, Nathan Teller is the latest player to depart the club at the time of recording. Uh, We'll have a look at what that means for the team going forward. It was a third win of the new campaign with a 2-1 victory over Queen's Park Rangers at St Mary's this weekend. As always, plenty of talking points to tackle there. The final game before the first international break is a trip to Sunderland on Saturday. Going to preview that game. And with the summer transfer window closing at 11 o'clock on Friday, we're going to have a look ahead to what could be a busy week. My name's Martin Stark, and I'm joined by our regular contributors, Steve Grant, who's the owner of Saints Web. Glenn Delacour is the writer of the blog League One Minus Ten, and Alfie House is the Saints reporter at the Southern Daily Echo, all underpinned by our TSP patrons. This is episode 241 of the Total Saints podcast. Your home for everything Southampton FC, from dedicated Saints insight to exclusive interviews. Live on YouTube every Sunday and available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Total Saints Podcast. Now, before we get into the football, last week we had a message from Paul who was listening in New Zealand, which prompted our TSP Most Distant Listener Award. Paul is based in Gisborne, which is in New Zealand. Now, we worked that out to be 11,600 miles from Southampton. Loads of people got in touch, but we think five of you are based slightly further away than Paul. So in order of closest to Southampton, according to Google, 
Hello to Josh Tizard, who's in Wellington. He says, hi, lads. I'm a listener from Wellington. Uh, I live approximately 11,740 miles away from Southampton, uh, born and raised Saints fan. And this is my third season of listening to you on the podcast. So thanks for your message, Josh. Uh, Richard Sutcliffe is in Christchurch. He says, not wanting to hijack your podcast with Southern Hemisphere listeners, but I can beat the Gisborne guy as Christchurch is 11,848 miles away. Thank you, Richard. Uh, Another Richard, Richard North, is also in Christchurch. He says, I enjoy watching you guys on YouTube. I've supported Saints since 1974. I last saw Saints when visiting family back in 2018. My first and only visit to St. Mary's game that day was Stoke. So, um, sorry, it wasn't uh, a better game. Uh, Martin Hayward is in Balcuza which is 11,912 miles away. It says, hi, guys. I love the show. I'm a regular listener and was originally from Walston. I moved to New Zealand with my wife, a Kiwi girl, back in 1994. Uh, we thought that might be the furthest, but Misha Craig is on YouTube in Dunedin in New Zealand, which is 11,921 miles away. Uh, so we think that Misha might be the winner by about 10 miles. Shall we talk about some football? Yeah. It was confirmed first thing this morning that Nathan Teller has joined Bayer Leverkusen for 20 million. Another copy and paste on the official announcement said, although disappointed to lose such a talented homegrown player, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Glenn, I was surprised that it's six years he's been at Southampton. I can't help but feel a little underwhelmed by not only the move, but also his, his contribution in that time. It's not been very much. I mean, his main contribution has been, uh, has been for Burnley on loan. So, Going from memory, he was kicked out of Arsenal Academy or not taken up by Arsenal at 17, joined us, was in the academy for a couple of years, suffered a bad injury, which we obviously you know, supported him through. And he came back. And if memory serves, I think we gave him a contract whilst he was injured. You know, He sort of extended his contract when um, a lot of clubs wouldn't have done. He got his chance in the Premier League under Ralph and really didn't do much. I think it was 40-odd appearances. I can only remember a couple of goals. Um, and then it got to the stage where we were beginning to wonder if there was actually a player in there. He was 23 or something, despite the fact we were still calling him Star Boy, which I always found incredibly irritating. And he went off to Burnley and did really, really well at championship level. And he came back. And I kind of thought that, you know, this is the year that he's actually going to pay back some of that support that we've shown him over the seven years. But you know, three games and he's off. So this this one actually annoys me more than War Prowse leaving or more than um, because, you know, he gave t- 10 years of his adult career, if you like. Livermento and Lavia were, were bought to sell on. So we kind of knew that was that was the deal there. But with this one, I think I was expecting him to sort of stay this year. But it's a great opportunity for him. It's a gamble by Leverkusen because they pay 20 million quid for a player who's not proven above championship level. So, yeah, good luck to him. He's head through gritted teeth. It's annoying because it's a player who probably would have scored 15 goals if he'd been in the team this year, and we're now going to have to replace that. I know you've been looking at some of the stats today, Steve. Is 20 million good business for someone that that doesn't want to be here and has been angling for that move pretty much all summer? Yeah, I think so. For a guy who is completely unproven or, I mean, depending on which way you want to look at it, proven to not quite be at the level, maybe. So a club like Bayer Leverkusen, who are in who are in Europe next season, putting that much money on the table for him, I find absolutely extraordinary. And we've done really well to get that fee for him. I think Leverkusen are, in, are an interesting side. They 
I mean, they look at the moment they they look like the potential challenger to Bayern Munich this season based on their early performances. Dortmund look a little bit ropey, Leipzig like uh, likewise. Um, but they've got Xabi Alonso as manager, who's um, seems to be very highly rated. Seems to be kind of seen as the next Pep or or what, however you want to describe the next coming of um, sort of young coaches coming through. They've had this weird fascination with uh, young English right wingers in the last couple of years, where they they got uh, Damari Gray from Leicester and sold him to Everton six months later, and they had Callum Hudson Odoi on loan from Chelsea last season, who more or less did very little. Yeah, Teller going in basically to play the to play exactly the same role. Yeah, it'd be fascinating to see how he gets on. But I would, I mean, at, at the moment, I I would say we've we've probably got the better of that deal in terms of the two clubs. But I mean, as as ever, you, you never quite know. He might he might tear it up in, in Germany against the slightly ropier Bundesliga defences. Um, but we'll see. And you'd assume Alfie, or oh, in fact the club have said that um, they're going to look to actively replace him this week. So they, they would have known about this and, and Russell Martin was, I think he said disappointed, didn't he? But you, you would think that they've got somebody in mind ready to go. Yeah, I think the, the price tag for Nathan Teller was set you know, maybe two or three months ago, I think as Steve alluded to, they've actually done quite well to to get that exact price tag up to twenty million. Maybe it's eighteen million up front and a couple add on, I'm not too sure. It was a bit of a meltdown, wasn't it, to be fair? On was it Friday evening? Um on the internet there was the news went out must have been out about eleven PM and it was a carnage on the timeline sort of responding to it, people thinking that, you know, Ryan Fraser was the replacement and I can certainly understand why um they felt that way. But yeah, I think Ryan Fraser did really well to show supporters what he can offer this season. Um, but yeah, Russell Martin said that he's not the replacement. Yeah, but Ryan Fraser is not the replacement. They can tell her, um, and they will reinvest some of that money. You know, I doubt they're going to spend twenty million quid on a player. That's probably not going to happen. But they, they, they would like to not get somebody in. I know we've seen this, this Joseph Paintsill um, fella from Genk linked, but I don't know much, too much about him. It sounds like he's angling for Leeds anyway, so I'd rather probably not him if you could. But to sort of leap to the defence of Teller a little bit, well, I do agree with Glenn and Steve, but. You know, in, in all the interactions I've had with him, he's, he's a great lad. Um, nobody's got a bad word to say about him. And I think it is a really good opportunity to, to go in and, and try and replace Musa Diaby, who, as Aston Villa is showing, clearly is a very good player. It's a tough job. But yeah, I don't think you can hold it against him. I think the club have been sort of aware that he probably would leave for a while. You know, Russell Martin said at the start of August that there's going to be players that play three or four games and, and they do leave. Um, so yeah, we just need to see the club get somebody in quickly now because we don't want to be in a situation like last August where you've got Gonzalo Ramos apparently at the door, Cody Gakpo at the door, and then none of the match come in. So it's, a, it's an important week. Do you think the mistake was le- um, loaning him out last season, Glenn, in, in hindsight? In hindsight, no, not really. I think it was a mistake not to bring him back. You know, apparently we could have brought him back, but we let um, Nathan the Genius decide not to do that. And in, and instead, we paid £22 million for Suleimana. My understanding, Glenn, is that Nathan didn't want to come back in January. Yeah, but it's all about what Nathan wants, isn't it? You know, at some point, we've got to think about what does the club need? He would have been certainly no work. You think about the rubbish we had playing on the wings last year. He would certainly have made a difference last year. Might not have torn it up or scored 10 goals or whatever. Or, and we probably would have gone down anyway. We almost certainly would have done. But in hindsight, that was that was a bad decision not to bring him back in January, I think. But loaning him out at the start of last year, I think, was probably the right thing to do because he had had two years in and around the, the first-team squad in the Premier League and not done anything. 
Well, we'll get on to all the, the transfer gossip and who may or may not come in. Um, a couple of new signings as well to, to talk about as we go. A great win. Again, well, a win. Um, we maintain the unbeaten start to the championship season, beating QPR at St Mary's 2-1, winning at home for the first time since March, which was lovely. Um, Steve, given all the noise off the pitch, decent results. Wasn't the best game I think we've seen, but um, a win's a win. Yeah, as you say, a win's a win and we and we got stumbled over the line somehow. Um, I mean, QPR can feel probably slightly aggrieved that they've not taken at least something from that game. But ultimately, the quality in the two boxes was the difference. I mean, Adam Armstrong has somehow managed to kind of control the ball with both of his shins and then ping it in the corner <laughs> for the winner. I mean, from from my from from my view, I'm I'm in the northern stand, so I've got I'm about as far away from that instant as I could possibly be. And from ninety, a hundred yards away, that looks like an absolutely world class first touch where he's where he's just taken it in, dummied the defender, and and given himself a little bit of room, and then smashed it in the corner. Whereas actually, the ball the ball has been fired at him. And he's miscontrolled it and it's wrong footed the defender and he smashed it in the corner. It kind of worked worked the same way and it was it's a great finish. I mean, at the end of the day, we we knew that he's a proven proven goal scorer at championship level and and he is yeah, um living up to that so far. So yep, yeah, all good. Yeah, overall performance, we were stodgy, I thought. That's a good word. That's a great way of summing up. It's it's it was one of those games that I think we were probably warned about by other fans of other championship clubs who had seen um, Russell Martin's Swansea team in the last two years, where a lot of the passing did seem to kind of be a little bit for passing's sake. We didn't really move QPR around too much. Part of that was because they defended so deep and therefore they were, um, there kind of wasn't really the space to to do so. But yeah, there, there were times where we just didn't quite, have the bravery to make the pass through the lines at times. There are a lot of good sort of little movements where players like I mean Mara, second half when he when he was on, he he quite often made made a little dart into a space, quite a tight space, but a, a passable space between midfielders. But we weren't quite brave enough to play to play the pass for risk of giving it away. And that basically meant that QPR could kind of sit and we were we were playing in front of them and they were quite happy with with that situation. And they looked to hit us on the break and Manning and Walker Peters were, were often caught ahead of the ball at times. And we were we were fortunate, I mean, especially second half, that their finishing was, uh, wasn't up to scratch. But yeah, so we got away. We got away with it to an extent. I mean, how much of that was kind of a little bit of confusion with the system where we had to chain kind of move people about when Jack Stevens went off? Probably credit a bit of that. But I don't think we looked especially organised beforehand, to be honest. So yeah, I mean, plenty to work on, but I think given the given the relative upheaval in the in the day or two before, I mean, we we always knew there were going to be these games where there's going to be rumours and there's going to be people being pulled out of the squad at, at fairly late notice ahead of games, and and it's going to going to be a little bit chaotic before the closing of the transfer window. And I think given the given the fixtures we've had so far, I mean you take you take the run of our first eight games, and if you were to pick any one of them where you were go- where you knew you were going to be without both Teller and Shea Adams, I think QPR at home would have been the one that you'd have chosen. And ultimately we got we kind of got away with a slightly slightly mediocre performance because of the quality we've still got in the final third. So yeah, I mean I, I think ultimately if you win when you're playing badly, you're not doing not doing too much wrong. 
no, we'll, we'll look back on those points at the end of the season, hopefully, um, favourably. Glenn, I mean, Steve touched on it then, but the both the goal scorers from last week were missing. Teller, obviously, having his medical. Che, head not in the game or a lot of noise around him. Um, for a rapidly depleting squad like ours, that had the potential to be an issue for a number of reasons, but they managed to pull together and, and get the result. Yeah, I mean, for, for every game we've played so far, the squad, the, the first 11 has probably been weaker every week, either through players leaving or, you know, when um, Smallbone got injured, things like that. They will have practiced this week, probably until Thursday, probably with Teller and Adams in the team. And then on Friday, they probably had to throw all that out and um, push Adam Armstrong back up front, where bizarrely, despite he's played, he's played his whole career there, all of a sudden, he looks so much better when he's got a little bit of space if he drops into that number eight position. Um, and I think that was that was part of the reason we, we were stodgy because he was he was sort of playing up front against um, Steve Cook and the other centre half, and they're playing very deep. There was no space for him, so he was getting frustrated and trying to move into wide areas. So occasionally, when Adozi had the ball, there was like no one in the middle, and and all this stuff. And in the first half, in particular, it was only Adozi who who looked like he had a way to go. Sam Ammo found it very difficult in his first start. Their left back was decent. We alluded to this last week. It's a world of difference starting a game than it is to coming on with 20 minutes to go. So, so yeah, we were stodgy is, is exactly the word. Um, further disruption, obviously, with Stevens going off. thought it was interesting that he brought on Downs instead of Bella Kochap, who was the obvious like-for-like replacement on the bench. But uh, but I was, imp- I was impressed with Downs. He's got a bit of personality about him, and uh, I think he'll be a very good player for us um just how they how they fit him and Shay Charles in the team is uh is going to be an interesting one going forward but Charles will probably be used as a center half more often than not if um if the worst fears are confirmed about Jack's injury so uh yeah it was a game that, that we got done and I think the, the players need to be applauded for for getting it done given the disruption that that happened I'd like to say I thought Jan Bednarek had a really good game against their because their center forward was a handful and they're, he they're was tricky wasn't he first half well, he was that horrible combination of very quick and very strong. The way QPR were playing was was basically, you know, 10 behind the ball, very deep, hit it long to him and and see what he could do. And there was there was one in the first half where I think Bednarek got caught out by his pace a little bit and was very, very lucky to get given a free kick over in the sort of right back area. But after that, you, you noticed he, he played him a lot better and he started blocking the runs and letting Charles sweep up and all this sort of stuff. And second half... Um, Sinclair Armstrong and that he he got he got very frustrated and he started to make bad decisions because he just wasn't getting enough of the ball so he, he he cramped up quite early as well he was stretching from about the hour mark yeah I mean the lad last week said he was injured the week, week before and not sure whether where he's going to play but he he looked a very very promising player I have to say be interesting to see how he gets on how his career goes this uh this season and uh and beyond do you agree, Alfie? I was thinking, you know, mentally what that home win will do for the squad and the supporters because it, it's been a while and we were talking about the expectation that this was the game that we were going to finally win at home and, and, and it was a bit touch and go for a bit, wasn't it? So to get it over the line, I think it, there was almost a bit of relief at the full-time whistle. I think we said that before Norwich as well, to be fair, because we didn't realise they'd be quite the, the package they are. But, you know, Russell Mylan says it's been quite interesting after the game. He thinks the players are, are still, he calls it tension, but he thinks they're pretty nervous playing at home, basically, because of how poorly it went last season. And just, I think there's some of them maybe feel that they just let everybody down, which, you know, obviously to an extent, some of them did. So I think that there, there is that um, 
and they've, they've got to try and get over that. Um, but you know, Russell's the right guy for that. I, what I would say is that you know he's he's absolutely right to point out the fact they've they've conceded. I think three minutes after scoring, two minutes after scoring, and two minutes after scoring in, in three consecutive games. Um, you know, which is, is not right. Is it? You can't you can't go into matches knowing that if you're going to score a goal. I know it's cliche that you're the most vulnerable, but three times in a row they they've given up a lead and they they've managed to get it back each time. Fortunately, or, or in Norwich's case, not quite actually. So there's there's definitely things to work on. But I agree. I think it's just at this point. This is the last game where they're going to have this problem where you can have players pulling out two days before. You know, Sunderland, the way that you'd like to think that the team will be slightly more settled by then, there might be some late movement. You know, maybe Chad Adams, maybe Crystal Palace or Fulham firm up a little bit of interest in him and maybe make a move. But it sounds like Everton's probably not going to be a destination. So you'd like to think he might be back in next week. But yeah, I think that they're, they're to, to come through all the disruption they have, they've, they've done really well. Um, and the thought, like, say, Flair Downs off the bench was really good. Shea Charles, apart from one moment where he let Elias Chair just sort of stroll across the box and then fire at Bazunu from about four or five yards out, I thought he did really well. And I thought Bazunu saved that really well as well. I thought it was a good game for Bazunu, actually, even though he did have another one of his parries where it went in. But luckily, Sinclair was offside. Um, <laughs> that, that, yeah, we've got away with that a couple of times now. But yeah, I think just getting the result was the most important thing, and they've done that. And just on Jack Stevens, what was the the update afterwards? Is it going to be a, a scan on Monday and and, and see how? It goes? Yeah, there'll be a scan. There was no specific update on what the injury was, but I mean, it looked to me like it was his ankle. Um, the boot was down. It wasn't a good way. Yeah, Russell might have said that you have to fear the worst, and it's a, a real negative for them. But Mason Holgate suddenly looks like a really good signing now, a really smart bit of business. And I think they're they're very much still in for Nathan Wood as well. Um, you know, I know the Swansea manager said that he's not going to be leaving and stuff like that. But I think Mason put them in a really good position where they no longer needed a defender and that Nathan Wood was a bit of a luxury signing. That's been taken away a little bit now where they probably do need another one, especially if Lianco's on the way, as we've seen him pictured in um, Qatar this evening. So they might have to put the price tag up for Nathan Wood a little Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Picture the scene all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We mentioned Flynn Downs briefly. Decent debut coming off the bench. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Ryan Fraser, Steve. I thought he looked all right. I thought when he came on, he made some decent runs. Um, they weren't necessarily spotted. Was it a... a, a an abysmal signing was is that how you framed it on uh, uh it was on <laughs> absolutely <laughs> abysmal signing frankly i think was what you said so did he did he do anything to change your mind yesterday um, and by the way you're not the only one to have said that <laughs> so my yeah i mean my kind of justification for for those that choice of words was basically just from the from all the off-field stuff the at the attitude like his last two clubs where he's moved to them he's basically down tools at aberdeen he went on strike to force a move to bournemouth at Bournemouth project restart, he basically said, "No, nah, I'm not. I'm not going to sign that short term, uh, short term extension to uh, to get us through and give you a chance of staying up, because I don't want to jeopardise my uh, big money free transfer move, sort of in the in the coming months." Which, I mean, on a on a professional level, I guess it's kind of what most people would do, but it's it's just the optics of it, and it just it just comes across as him being very selfish and not a team player. And and it feels like the, the environment that, that we're cultivating here is very much on the sort of old school, all blacks kind of no dickheads policy, isn't it? It's, it's very much on the, on the line of, right, 
yeah, we we obviously want quality players, but your attitude and 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 the way that you apply yourself is is as important, if not more so. I mean, purely from a from an ability perspective, I don't think there's there's an awful lot of question really, other than he's not played very much in the last two or three years. But yeah, I mean, certainly what we saw yesterday in that relatively brief cameo, yeah, I mean, he it's it's odd, isn't it? Having finally having a winger that that is quite happy to run in a very straight line. <laughs> um, I've not we've not seen that for for a while, so that's that's that gives us a variation in terms of the the style of the wingers that we've got because obviously both Adozi and um, Sam Ammo are both they both tend to play on the opposite flank and want to more often than not want to cut in. Or if they do go go down the outside, it's it's kind of quite rare. But Fraser seems to be seems to be the sort of guy who's going to basically just run past the fullback and try and try and put a cross in. Quality of the balls in were 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 very good. But our problem, as kind of as ever, is getting enough bodies in the box. Um, because unfortunately, Charlie Alcaraz wasn't. He's he's kind of the guy that's got to be the link. He's got to be the one from the midfield that is busting a gut to get in, get in the box and support um, support the attackers. And he just had one of his occasional games where he was just all over the place, and it just nothing quite nothing quite fell for him. And unfortunately, when when he's having those games, you do notice because our attacking output um, drops massively. So yeah, that's that's somewhere. I mean, possibly I mean, maybe the answer is occasionally Stu Armstrong plays a slightly more advanced role. I guess we, we kind of see how how um, how Russell Martin kind of juggles with that over over the coming weeks because I'm sure there there will be games where there's a bit of rotation just for just for freshness more than anything. Um, I mean, we've got a midweek com- midweek game coming up next week, and we get uh, Ipswich. So I imagine there'll be there'll be changes between Saturday's game and Tuesday night. So yeah, maybe maybe that's that's one of the ones where you um, take Alcaraz out of the firing line and and just try something look something slightly different. I think your tweet might have made it to the gaffer, Steve, because he, he, when he came in, he said that he's been made aware there's a bit of negativity around the signings, and uh, he sort of launched a bit of an appeal to to sort of get behind them. So maybe you've uh, you've made it there. I mean, look, I've i will always support play, support players that want mm-hmm. to come and play for us. It was just a, it's it was just concern at, at kind of the character really. Um, and it's, I mean, it's it's not even been an isolated incident. That's that was that's the main concern. If it's happened like once at a club ten years ago, then okay, fine, things happen. Um, but if you if you've done it, if it's kind of happened repeatedly, then that's that's a bit of a pattern and a, and a slight con- slight concern for me. What did you make of the signing, Glenn? Were you a bit sceptical? Because we were saying we need people that have got a bit of experience to come in, and, and you think the young wingers might learn a bit from him, even if it's just a bit more of the, the dark arts or that, that will to win. Um, I, I, I think he's going to add just some experience that we're lacking, really. On, on the pitch, I didn't really have an issue with it at all. I had the same concerns that Steve had for the same reasons. That's all there is to say, really, about it. You know, he's a, he's a Premier League-level player, or he was certainly when he was at Bournemouth and probably in his first year at Newcastle. So so to get to get a player like that to come in, um for for depth reasons, if nothing else, I thought, yeah, it's a good it's a good signing from that point of view because you've got, you know, a dozy who's only nineteen or whatever it is. So you've got Sam Ammo who's fifteen or whatever. Um, you know, you've got you've got very, very young players there. And we've all seen what happens with with young players. They play a few games, they get injured 
then you've got to have someone to come in and, and do a job. And that's been part of our problem over the last couple of years. We, we just haven't had those players to come in. I mean, we've got, you know, Joe Aribo and Moussa Gineppo, who at the moment, and, you know, that's, and certainly Fraser is a is a massive upgrade on on them to uh, to come in and play that that wide position. I mean, he can play both sides as well. So I was I was interested to see him play on the left, and Adozi got pushed right. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that one develops because Adozi is a lot more comfortable on the left as well. So if if those two are in the team on on Saturday, it'll be uh, which is probably what what will happen. Looking at it at the moment, you know, looking at it. Right now, obviously, things might change with players leaving and coming in and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they line up. But uh, exactly the same as Steve, really. Maybe maybe not quite so vociferously, but exactly <laughs> exactly the same concerns that you know o- over time we'll see. You know, the the true character will come out. So uh, hopefully, he. Um, I mean, he's been sold as a player who's kind of lost his way a couple of years ago. Point to prove. Last couple of years. Point to prove. Russell Martin knows him. So yeah. that's that's all good. We just got to hope that, that that is the case and he keeps his head down and uh, and uh, proves us wrong. I'd put him forward for player of the week. I thought considering he only came in on Friday and has not played much, came off the bench and we started to look more of a threat down that side. Um, I thought he was was in with the shout. Um, I think both did. I think what he did do was he lift the crowd, didn't he? Because it was a really flat same area. It might have been 30,000 Saints fans, but to be honest, the atmosphere was really flat for 60, 65 minutes. And then I thought that as soon as he came on, you know, just getting at the fullback, getting crosses in, as Steve said, some really good deliveries, obviously nobody there to, to meet them. The crowd reacted to that, and I think that played a big part in the winner. Do you think the flat atmosphere was down to the what had gone on with Nathan Teller and Shay Adams? I just couldn't couldn't help but think that you know maybe everyone's a bit a bit down on that. I mean, Saints tried. Well, I heard there was fighting in the chapel stand apparently, or just was an altercation. Not I don't know. If that's true. I don't know but I, I found it. You know, I mean, the club were. You know, we had the two loan signings, and we had Teller leaving, and it was it was like bury the bad news a little bit, and then they announced Will Smallbone's contract, and and you know it. it um, I I did be interested to, to know what everyone thinks whether that sort of contributed to the slightly flat atmosphere because it was it was it was very flat compared to the Norwich game well I know the Norwich game was mad and there were goals flying in all over the place but uh, yeah I think to be fair the football would have played a part yeah the football wasn't great in the first half QPR came came with a, with a plan to kind of unsettle us and to be honest it pretty much worked perfectly and as a result we were kind I think as a fan base it, it was like oh this isn't this isn't going to work. We're not going to score four goals every week. Um, this is this is somewhat disappointing. So yeah, I, I think there's the energy in that we showed in the game in the Norwich game. I think is what lifted the crowd. And as you rightly say, Alfie, when Fraser came on and he got down the line a couple of times, put some fizzing balls across the box. All of a sudden, people got up a bit more. Um, and yeah, we we were just lacking that a little bit for the first hour or so. I think. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we're still a fan base that's recently not accustomed to seeing winning football so it's, it's, all, it's all a little bit alien to us at the moment isn't it i was fuming because uh, i got caught in the downpour outside the ground when it started hailstone oh my and it ruined my mac and cheese so i was in a foul <laughs> mood for like the first 15 minutes and there was nothing i saw on the pitch that was going to improve my mood my um, t-shirt was still wet when i got home at about uh, eight o'clock oh it's terrible so player of the week then before we move on um glenn oh um in in my um, in my tradition of uh, picking a defender, and I know no one else will, I'll go for Jan Badnerick. Good shout, uh, Alfie. 
I guess in my tradition of picking Adam Armstrong every week, I should probably just pick Adam Armstrong again. Um, so I'll do that. Uh, and Steve? No imagination at all, Alfie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go for the... Um... Brian Fraser? <laughs> that would be a turn up for the books, wouldn't it? Um, no, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go for Ryan Manning for weird okay. weirdness. Basically, there's yeah, like there, there seems to be a, this very strange undercurrent within the fan base that Ryan Manning is is having terrible games of football, and yet he's got what four assists. We've got ten points from twelve. Both fullbacks are playing exactly the way that the manager wants them to. I mean, the the slip against the slip against Plymouth and kind of a slip against Norwich, those can happen to any defender, and it's not it's not that he's having a bad game. Um, and I think, yeah, and I, I think Manning Manning and Nadozi in that first half were basically our only attacking outlet. Um, and Manning and kind of Fraser and a little bit of Armstrong dropping deep. A um, little bit of Mara as well thrown in, thrown into the mix. We're kind of the main attacking outlet second half. So we got to remember. Don't, I mean, don't forget our last promotion season out of the championship. We had a left back who got. I mean, Danny Fox got something like fifteen assists from uh, from left back, and yet all the fans hated him. It was mental. We we do have this weird weird thing where we we pick a player that, that suddenly we just don't like for for unspecified reasons, and it's it's baffling. Um, so yeah, he's he's my pick. Next up, Saints travel three hundred and fifteen miles north to Sunderland. It's a twelve thirty kickoff at the stadium. I mean, fair play to anyone who's going to be travelling up there. Um, we don't know too much about them, I guess, Glenn. I mean, we've had some decent wins against them over the years, but uh, I don't think we'll we'll go there and be too afraid. Given they, I think they beat Rotherham two one last week. Maybe held Coventry to a draw at the weekend, so they, they haven't set the league alight. They seem to be a team in the image of their manager. Tony Mowbray so it's kind of tough but practical I'd say as as a team I haven't seen too much of them I have to say um I've seen their results same as as everyone else has and it seems to be very close games um they've uh they lost lost at home to Ipswich on the opening day and their only other home game was a 2-1 win against Rotherham who were going to be one of the teams down in the bottom so I mean Sunderland were in the playoffs last year and got knocked out by Luton, I think. So you'd anticipate them being one of the better sides um, this year. But um, as uh, Steve told me before the game, I'm not going to claim this as knowledge. Um, They had the lad on loan from Man United last year, Ahmad Diallo, who tore up the league and they haven't got him this year. So it's a bit like... um, it's a bit like Middlesbrough with, you know, losing their best player from last year. And, and, And now they're struggling. So I'm not... um, I'm I'm not thinking this is um, the sort of intimidating game that you might have necessarily thought going to Sunderland. So uh, I'm I'm quite confident we can go there and um, get something out of it. Are you confident as well, Steve? Um, what have you made of their start? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they've they they evidently don't look as potent as they were last season. Um, they went on a really strong run at the back end of the season to sneak in, sneak into the playoffs right at the very last minute. Um, thanks to uh, Millwall's collapse at home to Blackburn on the final day. So they, they properly sneaked in. They weren't really proper contenders as, as such, I guess, for, for the vast majority of the season, but they, um, they got their act together as a result of key attacking players. So Diallo, as Glenn mentioned, and also um, the centre forward, Ross Stewart, who's who's out injured at the moment. I think he's probably going to be out for another month or so. 
and I think without those two, they're just lacking a little bit of a spark up front. Um, defensively, they seem to be relatively sound, as most Tony Mowbray sides are, I guess, in the championship. It's when they get up to the top flight that they, they tend to struggle quite badly. But, um, but yeah, Sunderland, they they look like they're, they're going to be one of those sides who are hard to beat, but will we'll probably give you a little bit of a chance especially at home because big crowd and there'll be, there'll be an expectant crowd and they'll be expecting um, Sunderland to attack us. They won't, they won't want to see their team sit deep like QPR did and try and play on the counter-attack because they're at home and they, they think they've got bigger, bigger ambitions than that. And I think that pressure brings, um, brings a lot of difficulty for them really, because I mean, frankly, they, they only got promoted out of league one a year ago. And so for them to have got into the playoffs was a was a massive overachievement. They are the sort of the sort of away game that I think will suit us quite nicely. Um because the fans their as I say, their fans will demand that they attack and that should leave leave some holes at the back for us to um to exploit with our uh, with our better players. And you'd imagine, Alfie, there might be a bit more positivity this week with some, some players coming in this time. Um, if we talked about the negativity ahead of the, the QPR game, then there might be a little bit of, of a feel-good factor going into this one at the weekend, all being well. Yeah, I think, like you say, there will be incomings for sure. Russell Martin said there will be, and I I, I believe him. And if there isn't, I think he'll be very, very disappointed. And um, I would not really do the manager I want at this point right now because I think the project's going quite well. Um, so I wanna, I'd want to give him whatever it is he wants if I was in charge. I think the who stays will be even bigger. Though. I think if we get to half twelve on Saturday and you know Carl Peters is still here, Camadine and Suleiman are still here, Chad Adams is still here. I think that this, I think it's a really good window. To be fair, I think you would have probably at most hoped for keeping three or four of the the big guns. I think Warprowse, Livermento, Lavia, you know these guys. You can sort of get over it. Teller was a bit of a surprise. So I think there could be a real good feel factor. The trips to the northeast we had last year weren't that good, were they? Um, looking back, I think we sort of got hammered in the league in May. Um, to be fair, Newcastle were a good side, but the cup semi-final was a disappointing effort. Um, apart from Chadham smacking one in for about 30 yards, I thought Nathan Jones probably managed that one. Slightly bizarrely putting James Bree in for his uh, full debut about 24 hours after he signed. Nathan Jones well, managing things bizarrely, surely some mistake. Well, there you go. Yeah, who'd have thought? I mean, I've yeah, much reliant. Is this, um, is this your further, is the furthest trip north, isn't it? I don't know. Is it? What's further? Middlesbrough or Sunderland? Uh... Um, Sunderland's further north. You see, I mean, we did win four 0 back. It was it twenty seventeen when they finished bottom with with a couple twenty four points. Yeah, Shane Long score as well from memory. um, Yeah, we've we've had some good games against them. Going to get some some score predictions from. um, I'll start with you, Alfie. Are you going to go with another two one? Yeah, it should be, shouldn't it? Really, but I think that (laughs) it's a tough one. I've got I've got none right so far. I don't know about you, Glenn and Steve. I don't know if I've got a single one right. I've got some results, but no scores. I think we all predicted a win last week. Ben, to be fair to Ben, said two one. So uh, so credit where that's due. Um, But um, yeah, I I, I don't know. I think we all had us down for a three one win yesterday. Mm, We'll go one on this occasion. I think it's a long way to go, and I think if you get out there with a point, I think you probably take that with the start we've had. Okay, Glenn. Um, I, I think we'll, we'll still carry on being optimistic. Um, Sunderland games are quite close. Usual logic, we haven't got a clean sheet in us still. Um, so I'll go for a, a 2-1 win. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to go for the same same score as Glenn uh, for basically the same reasons. Um, if we can't keep a clean sheet against QPR, then we're not going to keep a clean sheet against a, a somewhat better team. So, um, But we've we've... I mean, as, as we've seen, we've we've found ways to score goals in every game so far, um, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. So yeah, two one win. 
That's a fair point. Uh, if you're watching live, don't forget to, to stick your predictions in the comments because it's always good to see those. Uh, a couple of other bits before we finish. I want to go on to just transfers and what's going to be potentially a busy week for you, Alfie, anyway. Can you just bring us up to date on Che Adams and where we are at the moment? Obviously not in the, the squad at the weekend, but it doesn't sound like that's advancing anymore. Is that one you, you think might get done or would you say that's 50-50? Yeah, I sort of mentioned it a little bit earlier. I think um, it's, it's probably his 50-50, to be fair. Like, it wasn't... Uh, the Russell Mine said on Friday, actually, when I asked him where um, where Che Adams and Nathan Teller were, he said that if Che's not in the squad tomorrow, it's because something has advanced. And then when it got to tomorrow and he wasn't in the squad, it turned out it wasn't because something had advanced and it was because his, you know, the mentality, and they agreed on that. So that was a little bit weird. But, you know, as I understand it, there's nothing right now that's done. I said this last week as well. Uh Everton, probably not the destination. I mean, I shouldn't say that because if it is now, it will all be good. But I don't think that Everton, I think they're even signing someone else for 30 million, aren't they? So it'll be up to another Premier League club to firm up some interest. And a lot of clubs will say they're interested and not actually come forward with a bid. Nobody has yet. Um, so if I was Che, I'd, I'd probably just sign the contract, take the three years job security, take what I can presume is a little bit of a pay rise, I can only imagine, take the, the seniority in the dressing room. Um, and score a lot of goals this season rather than going to a, a club where you're, you miss your first two one-on-ones, everyone hates you again. Um, so I think that would be what I would do. <laughs> it, it is an interesting one though, Glenn, isn't it? When you think back, and, and they've talked about bringing players in, and, and obviously the aim is to get promoted this year uh, with a squad that is able to compete in the Premier League. The, the goal is still to be top 10. He's not a Premier League striker, right? So um, if he was, we wouldn't be in the Championship. Because you don't get to the top level not believing that you're a top level player. That the reason he's got this far is because he believes in himself clearly. So he probably won't agree with that. Yeah, I I, I always thought Che has the potential to be a Premier League strike. You know, a Premier League striker. But I, his goal return, I don't think he's scored ten goals in the Premier League for us in a season. I think he's been sort of eight and nine. And um, but bear in mind, we've been ropey. So you know, as, as a team, charitable we've, description. We've, we've not we've not been great. We had, we had the one season where Dan, you know, where no one went, no one went to the games. Where Danny Ings scored a lot of goals. We had that one season where we were we were half decent. I I think his record over the last four years, you would probably say we would hope to have better if we uh, if we got back to the Premier League. But I I don't think you can really look that far ahead. You know, you you look at look at the makeup of the championship. It's a tough league to get out of, um, and we have to look at this season. And it, you know, this season, Che would be good for twenty goals, wouldn't he? You've got to think if he stays. Um, and it's everything else around the goals, isn't it, Glenn? Because you saw on yeah. Saturday that the, the attack just looked nothing. Absolutely, those absolutely. And, um, um, he's the only player we've got who I think is comfortable playing up against central defenders and and dishing out the stick that you need to dish out in order to to help the team progress up the pitch. So, um, so yeah, I mean, if he goes, they absolutely have to replace him, and I think they have to replace him with a with a proper number nine, um, which is maybe why we didn't go for Joel Perot in the end. But I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing we don't really know how how far the move for Adams is from other clubs. I mean, from what we're led to believe, Everton only wanted to pay pay a couple of hundred thousand up front, but then they've just they're looking at signing this guy for thirty million. So it's it's, I mean, it's, it's all make make believe money, isn't it? On their part, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a bit strange. It's you know, it's like Liverpool haggling over the Lavia for 
the sake of a couple of hundred grand, and, and then and, th- and then offering a hundred million for another player. It, it, it's it's all a bit bizarre. So, I mean, we would absolutely have to replace Che um, if he goes. I hope he doesn't. You know, I hope he's still here. Um, I mean, it doesn't. The, the club would have a hard job, I think, not selling him and letting him run his contract down. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But would Che want to sign? For three years, I, I don't know. There's, I think, there's lots of moving parts to this, and we'll just have to see how it plays out. Um, I'm more interested in who they bring in to replace Nathan Teller as well. Um, do, do they need to if Sulemana stays? I've, I've never really considered Sulemana as an option for this season because I just assumed he doesn't want but to he'd be, be gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's still here as it stands, um, and the, the big one is obviously Walker Peters. I noticed we got linked with uh, Johnson from West Ham. Um, during the week, who, who is the sort of player who, I mean, I, I thought he was decent. I'm surprised he's not a, a first-team regular at, at West Ham. And he, he's played right, left and centre-back. So um, that that one wouldn't surprise me. But, uh, but yeah, but, you know, the main thing for me is that we cannot repeat, cannot have all these, if Che goes, we can't have all these players, all these goals leave and, and not replace them. I mean, you do you remember when we um, we got rid of Pella and Mane in the same season and mm. replaced them with Charlie Austin and Nathan Redmond, <laughs> who both had their moments, but they're never going to score the amount of goals. Back in the day, we and even even more recently, we basically replaced Ings and Brozier with Sekumara. <laughs> it's, it's just you 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 cannot do that. And goals and the sort of player that score goals, they cost money. So you you don't get those on loan because people don't want to loan them out. So they are going to have to spend some money. And uh, I think I tweeted out during the week, we've kind of broken even on transfer fees now over the last year and a half with what we've spent and what we've recouped. But, the, I mean, there's a load going on. I mean, what's happening with Tallpool, Joe Aribo, Gineppo, McCarthy, Leanne? The, the, the list of Pedro. people we want out is what's still quite a long, a long yeah. list. You know, there's, there's, there's lots going on. So Alfie's going to be busy. Uh, well, yeah, uh, and another picture of Lianco at a different airport tonight. You spotted Steve. <laughs> he's, he's, he's been racking up the air miles. Uh, yes, he seems to be in Doha. Um, yeah, signing for a Qatari club, apparently, um, as posted by that club's um, Twitter account. So, um, yeah, I I assume there'll be some sort of announcement in due course, unless unless, unless it all kind of falls apart again, like it did in in Turkey. I have found it really bizarre, Alfie, with like managers announcing signings before the club do. Like uh, in his, was it Eddie Howe this week basically said in his press conference about Ryan Fraser, it's like, oh right, okay, and that's like, like the first thing that we've heard about it. And uh, this whole thing about oh we can't talk about it until it's happened, it, it seems like there's a real shift this year. People just getting on with it and, and, and admitting stuff. Yeah, it's very much a sort of a new wave management, I think, rather than keeping your cards close to chest to sort of tell everything. I mean. I'm- I spoke to obviously Russell Martin on Friday and I asked him, you know, I said, how was Will Smallbone basically? My final question in the press conference in the embargo section, which you haven't seen yet. So how was Will Smallbone? He said, oh yeah, he signed a new contract. And he went, oh wait, was I meant to say that? And I, I was asking about his fitness. You know, and obviously <laughs> I agreed with the club then to, to, to keep that news quiet until the announcement which we're expecting tomorrow. 
Um, and obviously then it went all over the internet the following day, um, which is a bit of a shame. But yeah, I mean, that was a complete, I was asking about, is he fit to play on the weekend? And I got told that he's it's a new deal. So yeah, I think certain managers are just happy to talk about it. Aren't it's they? like a truth but, um, serum. Like it. uh, it's great. Yeah, from a, from a, my perspective, it's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, Nathan Jones was excellent for honesty. And now we've got Russell Martin, who's, who's just as honest as well. It's uh, it's quite refreshing. A um, hmm. couple of other bits. Um, great start for the women today, Steve. I don't know if you saw, four. was it 4-1, the final score? Four, four, yeah, 4-1 at Lewis. Um yeah, excellent win that, given that Lewis were a side that troubled us last season. Uh, two all draw down there in the corresponding game last season. And they, they did us did a number on us at, at St Mary's at the back end of the season with a 1-0 one nil, um, nil win. So, yeah, to go down there and score four kind of hints that we might have kind of turned the corner a little bit. Because last season, defence was excellent, but we couldn't score goals. Um, I think we basically only averaged just over a goal, goal a game, if that but defensively, we were, we were brilliant. So, if we can get some more get some more goals in the team, as today's um, today's result and performance suggests, they've got it. Then, yeah, great. They've they've got a got a good opportunity. Only two teams won in this first round of games. Us on top of the league. Yep. So we we are top of the league on goal difference. Blackburn won one nil last night, I think, against Birmingham, which is a very good result for them. But we play Blackburn at home next week. Yep. The only the only two hundred percent records head to head in week two. So um, got to give. yeah, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. Start. Kind of um, yeah, monitor sort of that'll be a sort of good benchmark, I think, to see kind of whether we're likely challengers. I mean, it's still nonsense with only one team going up, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, the other thing is, for the first time ever, we've decided to enter the football content awards um, and awards do. Could you imagine us all getting dressed up in like black tie and going off to an Come award? On. Um, anyway, we would love your support. So if you enjoy TSP, um, maybe you've just been listening the last couple of weeks, maybe you've been with us since the start, we would love you to vote for us. It's the uh, best podcast. You have to go to the Football League category. Um, we put a link on all the socials. And uh, am I right in thinking, Glenn, it turns out you can vote more than once? Did someone discover this week? <laughs> I can't confirm. Firm or deny that, but I, I think it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> With different apparently, apparently, VPNs exist. Who knew? <laughs> okay, well, we'll see. Um, we'll put the link on the socials again. Um, on that note, that's pretty much it for this week. Don't forget, you can follow Total Saints Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. It's at Total Saints Pod. Uh, we're also on Instagram and Threads, so give us a little follow on there. And as you'll know, if you're watching this podcast on Sunday evening, we live stream TSP every week to Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, do make sure you hit the subscribe button, and then you'll be the first to see all of our new videos. Uh, we do love to hear from you as well throughout the week uh, you can drop us a dm on any of the socials or you can send us an email via the website and as i mentioned at the start we're on patreon and that's where you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution it's patreon.com forward slash total saints podcast there's four tiers on there they range from five pounds to 20 pounds per month and each of the tiers comes with its own perks including weekly shouts for those that are in our francis banali and our mick shannon tiers so a huge thank you as always to dave melton mark atkins andy hollis matt hall anthony tom Saints in Exile and Gavin Ford in the Francis Benali tier and also to Colt Baker, Dave Ernsberger, Ed Busy, Nick Higston, Phil Cook, Matt Rose and Nick Reed in the Mick Shannon tier. Uh, thank you to Steve, thanks to Glenn, thanks to Alfie. Is there a blog on Friday, Alfie? Can we do like transfer updates? Is that the best place? There'll to... be, yeah, I'll be up at seven in the morning until <laughs> one in the morning. So there'll be, there'll be a blog all day. Uh, sure. Good. Well, let's, let's hope there's loads of positive news. Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening and we'll see you again next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.